should the show continue? Would the show continue? What is the show? Who are we? You know, all of those, all of those themes are in the season. And then just some really silly, funny stuff. Welcome to EW's Binge Community, where we're doing a deep dive of the NBC cult classic comedy. I'm Derek Lawrence. And I'm Chancellor Agard. Today we've reached the end of the road and we'll be talking about the sixth and final season of Community. On this episode, we're thrilled to be joined by one of our favorite Greendale alums, Gillian Jacobs, who played the marvelous uh, Britta Perry. Um, but before getting into that uh, fun conversation, um, Chance, how are you feeling now that we're, we're at season six? Uh, I don't want it to end. I just want to go back to the beginning again, you know? <laughs> Do we, is there a way to do a, a re-binge of the binge? Like, I don't know, maybe... We have to record a DVD commentary of the commentary now, you know? yeah? Yeah, and we, we could... I mean, there's so many other timelines. We could definitely figure a way <laughs> to get on the maybe the dark... Maybe not the darkest timeline, but we can find, like, a medium Aren't we timeline. there already, though? That's true. That is a good point. Is this the darkest oh, sorry. timeline? Sorry, easy do... joke, easy joke. Yeah, yikes. Um, well, yeah, for you, just before we, we get to Gillian, season six... Um, what stands out for you or kind of, um, or what, what were you interested in with what we talked to Gillian about? I remember when this came out, like watching it on Yahoo screen, which was a weird experience. <laughs> um, but I think rewatching it now, I think it's stuck at something that stands out to me now is sort of how it very much is about like endings and accepting the uncertainty of the future and also growing up, which felt, which feels very much, uh, I propose this, this, was the show's last season. It's funny, you bring up the Yahoo screen uh, part of this, you know, so it gets canceled after season five on NBC and Yahoo screen uh, picks it up to at least get us to the, the first part of the hashtag six seasons in a movie. And yeah, I remember like going to Yahoo screen every Tuesday or whatever, whenever they would load it and watching it on there. And uh, rewatching these episodes, I kind of was like, did I did I watch all of these in the moment? I was like, did I miss a Tuesday going to yahoo-screen.com and, and uh, seeing some of these episodes? Because uh, some of them felt kind of new to me a bit. I don't know, I did you have that? Don't I definitely did not remember watching Grifting 101. Like, yeah. All the other ones I remembered to some extent, but that one was the first one I was like, what is this? Yeah, and that was, that's that's one we'll get into in our chat uh, later on because I actually I don't know if I remember watching that as well, but I'm glad that I did now because I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, so now let's let's go to our interview with uh, with Gillian Jacobs, but stay tuned after that for me and Chance to go in depth on season six as a whole. As a reminder, this interview was recorded via Zoom because of the quarantine. Today we're talking season six and we're joined by one of our favorite Greendale alums, Gillian Jacobs, who played Britta. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so obviously, like I said, we're doing this binge of community for two reasons. A, we're, we're all stuck inside during this weird time and looking for th things to watch. And thankfully, uh, and coincidentally, at the same time, community landed on Netflix. So have you already noticed like a resurgence in, in fans talking about the show? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a ton of people are watching the show. Some people are re-watching it and hopefully new people are finding it too. Since it went up on Netflix, have you had a chance to go back through yet? I, I watched a bunch of season six in anticipation of uh, us talking today and it was really really fun I think it's been like five years since we shot that season you know I I tend to think that I remember everything but I'm realizing that I've forgotten a lot of stuff so it was really fun to go back and watch it again because I haven't really seen it since it came out did you have a big takeaway after kind of re-watching some of season six maybe something you forgot or something that kind of stuck with you now re-watching it 
it's a little melancholy season six, you know, and, and I really feel for Abed watching it. It, it, um, but I also think it's really funny. I think that there's some really, really funny stuff in season six. I think that Jim Rash is like kind of the star of season six, at least the episodes I watch, like Dean Pelton and, um, saving the school and what is the school and, and should it continue and can it continue? You know, once again, it's, it's grappling with all sort of the meta themes of what it was like for us to be doing the sixth season on a new platform with cast members who had left and should the show continue? Would the show continue? What is the show? Who are we? You know, all of those, all of those themes are in the season and then just some really silly, funny stuff. And I think looking back, realizing that like, not being on network television anymore allowed us to just do what really whatever. <laughs> you mentioned how the uh, this the sixth season there were several cast members had departed, new casters joined with Patty Brewster and uh, Patty Brewster and Keith David. I mean, for you, uh, what was it like for you and the rest of the cast to sort of process, I guess, how much the show had changed, uh, both mm -hmm. the show itself and also like losing so many original cast members as seasons went on. I, I think we got used to change by that point because it'd been going on for several seasons, whether it was Dan leaving and coming back or cast members leaving. You know, it was even, I think, surreal for us because we shot the first five seasons at Paramount on the same stages. And then because we got canceled by NBC and brought back by Yahoo so late in the game, we lost our stages at Paramount. And so we were shooting in a completely different place, which is why you don't see those classic shots of us exiting the library anymore, because we didn't have the ability to shoot that because we were in a basement. <laughs> we were shooting in the basement of what had been a parking garage that was converted into sound stages. And we really realized that the first time we used smoke in a scene and it set off all the fire alarms and we had to evacuate. And we're like, we're shooting in a basement and this feels very community. But we could shoot, I don't know if you noticed, there were a big increase in the number of scenes in parking garages. There was a parking garage right past. So we gained some things. I heard there was no paintball. I heard it's banned. Well, you can't believe everything you hear. Okay, you just asked if I heard something and now you're invalidating the whole... Yeah, it gave us the parking garage, but it also gave us uh, the bar that Britta worked at. Um, oh, yeah. It was like a new hangout. Um, yes. Which which I liked Britta, like, becoming a bartender, and she, like, kind of fell back into being, like, a therapist for these people, you mm -hmm. know, like a bartender does. Kind of what did yeah. you like about, uh, about seeing her in that role? Well, it was her slightly more functional. Like, I feel like people grew up just a little bit in season six, so I liked that she was capable of holding a job. Obviously, like, Britta... I would say more than any other character, like evolves so much throughout the run. <laughs> um, really, like I felt like they, uh, which I think was a lot of credit to to like you and the writers, right? They kind of saw like how you played the character and what you could do, and kind of um, went towards that. And like Britta just became this totally different person, not different person, but like a lot different than maybe she was set up to be in the pilot in the original kind of like story. What did you mm -hmm. most like about the evolution of that character? That's another thing I noticed when I was watching season six again is like, I'm really having fun as a performer, which is like a weird thing to comment on your own performance. Uh, but I see like how goofy I am. And I think when I started the show, the character was not like that. But also as an actor, I 
felt the least experienced in terms of comedy. You know, I had not really done comedy ever before the show and I'm in scenes with Donald and Jim Rash and, you know, all these people who were incredible. So I think I was very intimidated by it early on and I would get kind of nervous if they gave me a big set piece to do. Like I remember I had to do, um, where I like try and steal a frog in one of the early seasons. And um, I was really nervous shooting that scene because I didn't really know how to do physical comedy or make this bit work. And I was by myself, but I watched the sixth season and I'm like, Oh, by that time I'm just having fun and I'm doing weird line readings and I'm doing like goofy physicality. And like, sometimes it's just in like my reaction shots with the backs of scenes. At one point, there was, I know, I remembered I improvised a line where I'm with uh, Honda, my boyfriend, Honda, and we're talking about Natalie's freezing, and I said, like, oh, I hallucinated a music video in Elroy's RV one time, and that was just, like, you know, I think I just felt more free by the end of the series. Elroy's favorite band, too. I once, I once hallucinated one of their music videos in his RV. That's weird. So that's part of the evolution of the character, and then I think also the writers just realizing that maybe she was more fun as a character uh, in that way. Um, you mentioned Honda, uh, your boyfriend, who was previously Subway. I guess, how did you feel about their, again, very weird dynamic? Yeah, it's it's interesting to watch Britta completely sell out her principles for love. <laughs> As an anarchist, I'm then uh, becoming a corporate shell. Um, but I think that it, it's fun. I think it's always just fun, you know, when you have a character that uh, people liked and you can bring it back in a smart, fun way. And I think we needed that Honda money. For something that was a real necessity for us as a show, I think Dan did it in such a brilliant way that uh, I think the fans actually didn't mind whether it was the KFC <laughs> chicken bus or <laughs> somewhere or the Honda. I felt like Dan was the perfect person, you know, to, to tackle that kind of like, uh, corporate sponsorship product integration and I, I, I mean kudos to those companies too because they let him get away with a lot. One of the big arcs of uh, season six is, for Britta is uh, being reunited with her parents mm -hmm. uh, which played by uh, Leslie Ann Warren and Martin Mull and they were so great and it was such an interesting dynamic between the three of them. What did you like about uh, getting to explore that side of Britta and kind of her fractured relationship with her, her parents. I mean, it explains a lot, you know, what is she really rebelling against? <laughs> it's, it turns out it's those two who are, you know, at this point in their lives, very nice and supportive, but clearly, you know, weren't the parents that she wanted them to be when she was younger, but she at, at this point can't let go of it. And they've kind of evolved and moved on and she's really the one that's stuck. So I think all the characters on community, obviously, um, are sort of frozen at some developmental age or they wouldn't be there. <laughs> no, it makes sense to me that she would be rebelling against nothing, that they were like perfectly nice people who really loved her and just wanted to support her. And it does make sense how she'd been able to pay for classes or rent up until that point. All those classic questions of a sitcom of like, how does she keep affording all those new leather jackets? Like why she has, a, she seemingly has an endless uh, wardrobe, uh, always new shirts. Um, so I guess it makes sense that her parents were secretly putting the bell. One of my favorite storylines or kind of like little uh, bits in season six was uh, Britta kind of tricking 
Abed into letting her have a party. Um, <laughs> and it was it was interesting, not just because of the Brita Abed of it, but like also the Britty Annie part of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a relationship that uh, wasn't necessarily like one of the most spotlighted relationships on the show. But when it was, I thought you guys always did a great job um, showing that friendship. Uh, yeah. what, did you, what did you always like about when you guys did uh, kind of spotlight those two together? Well, I really liked season six, too, because it didn't feel like it was us fighting over Jeff. I, I love when you can find a way for like the for uh, Britta and Annie to be in conflict or have a relationship or develop a friendship. And it's not like fighting over a guy. What I always appreciated was that they never fully made that some love triangle. Right. Like yeah. I felt like Britta and Annie both had their own separate thing happen with Jeff. Um, and the show never pitted them against each other. Maybe there was like a moment of like jealousy or sadness, but like nothing, any anything catty or anything like that. Did you appreciate kind of the direction that they took with that and didn't go the traditional route maybe? Yes, yes. I think that, you know, there's far more interesting storylines than the two of them fighting over a guy. So I loved any time community subverted the normal um, expectations for what a, a TV show would do with a group of people. I guess like looking back at the at the final season, do you I mean are, are there any particular episodes that stand out or or that were particularly memorable shooting experiences for you? Uh well, I I just watched this morning the like fake sci-fi movie. He's a spy. I'm an evil spy. He's a spy. What that's a spy. And you went with it. Um, where we're trying to like cut the footage of of uh, Chang into, uh, and I think we all just had so much fun shooting that. You know, our production designers and our prop department deserve so much credit um, because look at the worlds that they would build every week, and um, I thought it was just amazing. And and I think you can see in our performances how much fun we were having. Um, I love Portuguese gremlins, a tag that I'm not even in. Um, But that was really just like the beauty, I think, of this sixth season and doing it for Yahoo was that they let Rob Schraub make a trailer for a fake movie, which is like, I think, something that Rob Schraub does unlike any other. And as I've been sort of cleaning up my house, I found he made like fake, fake VHS covers uh, for Portuguese Gremlins, so I have my Portuguese Gremlins uh, VHS case, which I really cherish. Um, there are so many. I think, like, we all kind of. The hours shooting that RV episode were truly insane. (laughs) And that's why I think my performances, Space Elder Britta, may have an extra twinge of, um, I don't know what you want to call it, because I think it was like five in the morning when we shot that. uh, And I was so tired. (laughs) That, you know, those were the moments that were kind of difficult at the time, but really bonded us as a group. Um, and so, you know, 
I think it, even the things that were really difficult to do, we look back as moments that kind of brought us all together. It felt fitting that you guys kind of towards the end of the year did one final uh, paintball episode. Uh, what did you always enjoy about getting to do those uh, those paintball episodes? You know, it was fun, I think, for all of us to dabble in different genres and um it felt like we were really pulling something off every time that we weren't quite sure if we could do, given the constraints of time and budget and everything. And so um, it always just felt like a, an accomplishment. And then obviously the gratification that, you know, the audience seemed to really like those episodes too. I don't know how many men you have left in your game, but if you're leaving this room, it needs to be a small army. Okay. I agree. I don't, yeah, I get, I get like sad too a little bit watching the sixth season knowing that, you know, Richard Erdman has passed away since we wrapped and I loved him and Leonard. And so even just like the, the vampire at the end of this fake, fake, Space movie has like some, you know, a little sadness to it now that he's passed. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like all the feelings. You feel all the feelings for this show that on the surface is, you know, could have been just another sitcom, but somehow it became something else. As you said, like beneath the surface, though, there is like a lot of emotion going on in a lot of these stories. I think that really comes through for me whenever I rewatch uh, the. The series finale, which I think is mm-hmm. great, um, just because again, as you mentioned as well, like you guys were used to change at this point, and that episode's very much about sort of accepting change. And uh, I guess for you guys shooting that series finale, it, I guess how did you guys feel? Did you guys feel like you were actually finally at the true end of something? Yes, but no, because look at us—we're still talking. Like I said, <laughs> we're still talking about this show. You know, there is the there's the prophecy of the hashtag that has yet to be fulfilled will it ever really be over is there an end our contracts were all up at the end of the sixth season but there was a moment in time in which i think yahoo wanted to do more so it was like is it over is it not we haven't done the movie does anybody want to do the movie will the movie ever i mean will it ever be over i think the thing is is that um thankfully we as a cast really did love each other and we love spending time together and that makes it feel like you know a real gem of experience no matter the difficulties and whatever else happens that we got to experience that period of time together and i think that's what the series finale is about too you guys doing an unauthorized finale in here not cool Abed, i know it gives you comfort to see everything through that metal lens but we were just saying goodbye to the room for season six Season seven, who knows? It's out of our hands. Too many variables. Cool, 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 cool. Cool. Kind of wrapping up, I mean, you mentioned, I mean, it's the whole thing is six seasons in a movie. I mean, now mm-hmm. that, you know, we're, this is season six, so we got to that half of it. Mm-hmm. We we checked off that part of it. Um, a movie, is that something, I mean, obviously you guys get asked about it all the time. And like, yeah. as, an act, as an actor, you can't obviously do it until there's like a script and someone wants to make mm-hmm. it. But like, is that something that you and the cast and like the crew talk about and, and hope that one day can happen? I think we're all down for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, we would all be happy to do the movie. It just requires 
um, a script and a budget. (laughs) (laughs) So I think if there was a movie, we would all do it. Uh, I don't want to speak for everyone. I I would do the movie. Absolutely. You know, um, I feel very lucky to have gotten that pilot. I mean, like I get so sentimental when I talk about this stuff because, you know, for any, for all of us, this could have, you know, gone a different way. I could have not gotten the part. I mean, you know, I think it was a real special combination of people and time. So, um, I have props from community in my house. Do you want to see some? Oh, please. Yes. yes please. Please. <laughs> so okay. at one point, I think they thought we were canceled and, um, someone, one of the producers gave me props that he probably should not have given me, which <laughs> these are three of them. They were in Troy and Ovid's apartment and they sat on a shelf. <laughs> um, I have the sombrero that I put on the frog. <laughs> uh, and then I also have the, uh, Michael Haggins who, wrote daybreak autograph cds and i want to like you know auction these for charity i feel like it'd be a great moment in time to raise some money so yeah, absolutely you got you guys i know entertainment weekly is the premier um prop auction site on the web so if you guys could help me set that up i've got some things <laughs> i don't know i feel like you know They'll bring people a lot of joy. I've had them. I've, I've had this barrel for, for a number of years. I think I'm ready to give it a new home. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Thank you so much to, to Gillian for joining us. Chance, now this is a question, you know, with each episode, each season, I've been putting to you uh, and the guests uh, when thinking of that specific season, what comes to mind first? So with season six, uh, where does that uh, have you going? Uh, I think uh, two places, and the second place we'll get to later, uh, which is the finale, but the first thing I guess is the addition of Pat Brewster and Keith David, who I think, when I rewatched them, I was surprised by how well they fit into the show as new additions coming into Phil Void, left by Yvette Nicole Brown and Donald and Chevy Chase. And by the end of the season, like, uh, in the finale, like, with Keith, when Keith, well, Al- when Elroy leaves, he's like, maybe I'll be back. I don't know. Probably not. It's sort of like, well, I kind of hope he comes back, you know? Like, because he was, Elroy was fun. So was Fra- Frankie. Um, and also, it was really cool that they were very, were very much aware that Frankie was very similar to several of the characters already and being aware of that, I guess. Yeah, I also enjoyed that. I don't know if it was coincidence or it was done on purpose, but the fact that both of them had technically already been a part of Community before yeah. joining both those actors. Mm-hmm. Hidget Brewster had appeared on, I think it was a season three episode. She was like season the... Five. Season, was it season five? She was the yeah. head of the IT department. And then they even make a joke uh, 
at one point in season six being like, yeah, I keep, she's like, I keep emailing the head of IT, but I just keep getting bounce backs or something <laughs> like that. Um, and then Keith David had, had uh, narrated. Uh, so it kind of was, was funny that they both ended up on the show. And like you said, yeah, they uh, both seamlessly fit in, um, which is like not always the case in like a aging comedy where you bring mm -hmm. in new people. Um, like my roommate was watching like that 70s show and like in the last season of that, they tried to bring in a, a new character to like basically rep replace Topher Grace and it like, did not go well. Yeah. So the fact that they were able to do that here and do like it so successfully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so that was pretty seamless here. Dean Pelton, I know how susceptible you are to advertising. Would you say I'm a level seven susceptible? No, because why would I? Because that's Moon Man talk. What was your favorite episode of the season? I mean, there's some really good ones. And that, for me, there was mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of options. So what to you stood I mean, out I think, as like the well, best I feel episode? Like well, I feel like you know mine already. Oh, yeah. The finale. So I guess I'm guessing yours is not the finale. So we can do yours first and then chronologically and get to the finale, I think. Yeah. So for me, you could easily go with the finale. And when you I when you told me you were going to go with the finale, okay. um, I, I could have stuck with you. But I decided to go with what you mentioned in the intro, which was uh, Grifting 101. My name is Professor Roger Del Savo for the time being. Oh. For I use many a pseudonym, such as Jeff Goulash, Philip Switch or Baz Ravish, for I am a grifter. Which was just a, a weird episode, like kind of bananas, like kind of funny that they did this at like, we they only had a few episodes left in their whole, mm -hmm. probably in their show's entire run and they knew it. And they do this whole just grifting bit. Uh, and Matt Berry, who plays uh, kind of the professional grifter, Professor uh, DeSalvo, he was just so good in this. And I loved, uh, I always like when Britta comes out uh, on top and, you know, Britta ends mm -hmm. up kind of being the mastermind and the, and the key to this whole thing. And then just them chanting at the end, like grift, 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 and just <laughs> celebrating uh, when they pulled off the grift. I was grifted. Why are you even here? Who called you? Nobody. I take macrame after work. They know that. Sorry you got grifted. Let me know if you want to press charges and uh, if you could think of what those would be. Um, I thought it was perfect. And then this is something I think we've talked about with a few people, but the end tags just got so weird in season six. And this one was like uh, Ridley, uh, this guy Ridley who saved Jeff at the, or Jeff saved him at the gym one time. And now Jeff is just like making him do all these things for him. It's just like, weird like there was almost like these little vignettes they were like because they weren't just like the normal tags length from like the first few seasons they were like three minutes yeah so for you you mentioned your favorite episode is the finale i would say yeah, i think the episode i think about like quite a bit even when i'm not thinking about community but like just as an episode definitely i love the way that it like i mean the community has many times before had to craft these finales that work as both season and series finales i think this one is the best of them all um in fact that it works really well as a series finale uh and i i feel a lot of closure with the group and with the school at the same time though like they could easily find a way to like come back to greendale or come at least come back to like that bar where they end um if we ever get that movie things have a certain structure to them you know if we stray from it we're weird if we stick to it we're boring yeah but isn't that more about the shape of your brain i bet i mean no offense or anything but isn't the shape of your brain kind of up Hmm. What's your season seven pitch? My pitch for your fall semester at Greendale? 
is that everyone is nice and has fun and grows together. Shirley or Elroy? See, that's racist. As I mentioned at the top of this, I think a lot of things I think about this season are again about sort of the episodes where it's sort of the group dealing with change and having to move on and let things go. In particular, there is the um, the episode uh, where they have where they make the terrible sci-fi movie, which ends up boiling down to Jeff's fear of everyone growing up and leaving leaving him, which comes back in the finale. And then also in uh, the RV episode as well, it's sort of the which is which is an okay episode, but the mess the mess, the whole the whole metaphor, the symbol of the hand is to sort of keep a loose grip on things and not to hold things, not to hold on to things too tightly or too loosely. And I think that ends up being paid off here in this finale as like Jeff again is sort of struggling with accepting that all these people are gonna move on without him and that he that like he has more of his life behind him than ahead of him at this point. And then the other characters are sort of dealing with the, the sort of uncertainty of their futures because they on the other hand they're all still young. And I just uh, that that episode I remember watching that day that episode came out, I think, when I graduated grad school, and so it was just, like, weird to watch that and be in that place where I, too, was just like, oh, what's going to happen next, you know? So Yeah, and I love the way they framed the episode, being like, you know, what would a season seven look like and what yeah. was everyone's pitch? Um, and there was some, like, really funny ones, and there was some, like, you know, not as funny ones, some dark ones, but then, like, it just kept getting more and more sentimental, like, then really building to, like, Jeff you know, thinking about coming home to Annie, right? And um, which as we've talked about with really a lot of the cast, you know, whether it's Joel or Gillian or Allison or Dan, just like they never really fully committed to those, to like those two as a couple or Britt and Jeff as a couple. And yet still, like you really felt that at the end. And then when you get to the present, you know, not just Jeff imagining a, a different future, but I forgot Jeff and Andy kind of had such a, a, a moment there um, in, in the study room one last time before the rest of the group shows up. And and then when they do show up, it's like, you know, we get the classic kind of like Jeff Winger uh, speech to bring it home. And it like really hit, you know, it hit. I think he's like, you know, you saved my life and changed it forever, which is like, you know, really, really hit home for me and, and felt like uh, that had been earned throughout those yeah. six seasons. Um, yeah and then it gets to i know you uh especially enjoy that's technically not the actual end of the show because as i talked about with these tags like they kept just getting weirder and weirder and more surreal and meta and then i mean it can't that none of that could have topped what they did here in the finale and what dan Harmon specifically did so so kind of talk about that well i mean the finale is sort of like it's like community in a nutshell as this episode is in a world it's like this family is playing a community board game where they then, then they there's like a snow globe joke, uh, which is a joke about the St. Elsewhere finale. And then like they then they discover that uh, like they, the game comes with like a tiny version of the finale script, and they realize that they were just created for a joke and they don't really exist. And as they sort of reckon with this existential crisis, Dan Harmon goes on this like voiceover. Uh, sort of the fine print of this game that reads as sort of like a self-critical meta, whatever you want to call it, just like on the entire show as a whole, where he's like, some episodes may be too, may be too funny to be immersive, or too immersive to be funny, or too conceptual to be funny. Characters may get together and break up without any regard to the audience, and eventually comes down to like talking about himself as well, and it feels like very, again, on brand for the show. Um, and there's, I don't know, I, it's something I get, I still think about. 
Yeah, it manages to be very dark and very sweet at the same time. Yeah. Fake commercial may end with disclaimer gag, which may descend into vain Chuck Lorre-esque grant by narcissistic creator. Creator may be unstable. Therapist may have told creator this is not how you make yourself a good person. Life may pass by while we ignore or mistreat those close to us. Those close to us may be those watching. Those people may want to know I love them, but I may be incapable of saying it. Contains pieces the size of a child's esophagus. He's like, creator might not, creator might not be able to say it, but he loves you all. Or something like that. And it's like, oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah, again, it's... It's dark and sweet at the same time. You can definitely say this about Community. They did so many things that other shows couldn't or wouldn't do. And like that just they lived up to that to the end. Because like mm -hmm. I can't imagine any other show um, being able to end that way or that would actually or where that would feel natural or mm -hmm. make sense. And, and they did it and, it and it worked really well. Kind of going to our awards for the season as a whole. Um, you know, this has come up a few times. And again, kind of our MVP of the season happens to be the guest that we had on for this episode. We have Gillian Jacobs, MVP. I mean, she was so great throughout the whole run, but I think here, we, we talked about it with her, the kind of the evolution of the character really reached new levels here. I, mean, I think it's, we talked this too, sort of like with each season, Britta became sillier and more of a joke. And I think the thing that kept it from not working against the show is because of Gillian's performance. Even the stuff with like her parents, and it was it episode two, episode three, where she's like, where she gets on, like, where she steals the kid's bike and, like, rides off. It's just hilarious and, like, should, like, undercut that character significantly, but it doesn't. They did a, such a great job in, in Gillian specifically with uh, adapting that character and making her something very different. Because um, the, the, the Britta we meet in the, in the pilot is definitely not the same Britta we, we have here in the finale. Uh, and that's for the, for the best because... Um, I don't know. I mean, you like that character early on, but there's not really like what's special about her. What's different than any other sitcom where the guy is pining after the beautiful, you know, girl. Then we've been doing our B student corner and I feel like we've hit a lot of the big ones. And sometimes whoever we pick, it's, it's just a coincidence what season we're talking about them in. But this one's kind of perfect um, for Garrett uh, in season yeah. six. Eric Charles Nielsen, who plays Garrett, um, because I think it ends up being the penultimate episode. Wet wedding biographer, yeah. Yeah, where it's uh, it's at Garrett's wedding, um, and it's just he ends up we end, by the end we realize that he's uh marrying his cousin, uh, <laughs> so that's a roller coaster in itself. I, I I like the fact that the show sort of like took his whole like proposal thing seriously in a way. Like I mean, there's it's being it's a joke. Like, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it, at least to me I didn't feel like it was like making fun of him. I like that you said like the joke wasn't like necessarily on Garrett in, in that wedding episode mm -hmm. because this is also someone that I think it was Troy once described him as uh, that guy's just a mess. It's like God spilled a person. Like, the, <laughs> which is like such a great line. But the fact that like they would make that line about someone and then the joke wasn't just always on them and that they yeah. got to he got his happy ending, probably maybe a, more of a happy ending than uh, than any other person on the show, even if it does mean marrying your cousin. All right, Chance, we talked about our favorite episodes, but as in every episode, we've had uh, Dan Harmon popping in to give uh, the one he especially liked or one that stood out to him. So let's let's hear what he had to say for season six. Season six. I got I got I will say like. Uh, because I started binging after the G.I. Jeff, so I flowed into season six and 
I, I just, the, the one episode that I feel bad about is the first one ladders where it is because me and McKenna were trying so hard to like service all of this stuff that when you watch the episode, you might think, what do you mean? Why were you trying to service anything? It's like, it's amazing. The list of stuff that we were trying to accomplish. We felt this compelling need to justify why there would now be a support beam in the cafeteria um, because we had moved uh, our stages to, we, we had started shooting at CBS Ratford lot and we were below Parks and Rec shooting in this basement. And so there was, now we were going to have this beam in the middle of the cafeteria. And we, we, Chris and I were just, we felt like we had to tell a story that <laughs> justified it. And it turned out no one was ever going to care about that beam. But um, we did it with that very funny, like Frisbee cold open. But then that dovetails into this, it's it is crazy introduction for um, uh, 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 Paget Brewster's character. Um, I, I, I the amazing thing about that season is after that episode's done, and Chris and I have finished doing this weird, self-flagellating, like sweaty work of like kind of setting up the season with our. With, it's like the next episode, and, and as. I can't remember how far I watched, but just one after the other, I'm really proud of that season. I mean, you shouldn't have to say considering after a qualifier, but it it is true that having lost almost half of our cast and replacing uh, them, you know, it's like, like we just hit the jackpot with um, Paget and Keith David. They, 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 they were great new characters, great new actors. And, um, uh, the, the 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 stories were really good like like uh after that i i didn't get as far as basic rv repair and palmistry which i remember being kind of the height of my insanity that was the i, I remember that was like definitely an example of writing pages and running them down to the set and the we had this misguided notion that we could shoot a fast, easy, under-budget episode by setting it in a Winnebago. It was this incredibly naive instinct that, like, well, we'll do even better than a bottle episode. The bottle will be really small, which makes it incredibly difficult because you have to saw a Winnebago in half and, like, be able to fly out wings of it to turn it into three different sets because you have to cover all the things in there. Like, you idiot. And then on top of that, it's like, well, yeah, you set it in a Winnebago outside the actual world, which is going to involve like drone shots of the thing driving on the road. Uh, not to mention the fact that then I just decided one night that the, it was going to be this weird meta thing with Abed confronting his fear of nonlinear storytelling. I, I don't even I'm kind of scared to watch that one. I mean, this really was a great binge. I'm glad we were able to watch um, the episodes, and I think people are going to really enjoy whether they're re-watching or watching for the first time. As we talked about in our very first episode, like the reason we did this is because we really feel like this is community landing on Netflix, especially at this time, this weird time, is going to land uh, a lot more buzz for the show, That the buzz yeah. that it hadn't had in a while just because the way people are watching older shows, just you had to be on Netflix to really be in the conversation and hopefully this catapults it uh, up a level and maybe we'll get that uh, that second uh, part of the hashtag. We'll get the movie after, since we now have gotten to six seasons. 
All right, well, that's all the time we have today. I'm not even going to try and replicate uh, Dan Harmon's uh, dark and emotional monologue in the sign off of community. So I'll just say uh, thank you for watching with us and uh, listening, watching community, all of that. Indulging us. Yes, indulging us, exactly. You've heard all our thoughts about how much we love this show. If you want to share yours, you can find me on Twitter at Chancellor Agard. And me at Derek J. Lawrence. Well, that's a wrap on us and community, but please stay subscribed to this podcast feed to see what the folks at EW binge next. Until then, class dismissed.